What's going on? It's Jealous from Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to introduce a special guest to the show. Before we get into the special guest, I have to introduce Mr. Faithful. The man. The myth. The legend. The guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G is in the building. Damn right, he's in the building. All right? <laughs> <laughs> My man's getting famous out here for playing YouTubers and Michael Kidd Giltris and <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy, no. uh, we could we could talk about Michael Kidd Giltris a little bit later. Yeah, we gotta uh, wait for the bro pick section. Oh, bro, <laughs> man, you giving away the gems too early, bro. Come on, you gotta My build, fault. Gotta build My slow. fault. Gotta build slow. All right, all right, all right. But also joining me or us, co-host of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast and contributor. To Hoops Habit, another man, another miss, upcoming legend, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Tratoros, come to join us today. What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? That's, that introduction is way too kind. <laughs> I don't know. Upcoming legend, I don't know about all that now. I'm just a guy that loves basketball, but I appreciate it. Sure? <laughs> Who else has appeared on Knicks Fan TV and KOT and writing for Hoop Who Happens? Who but you, man? Who right? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready for this episode. I am ready. <laughs> welcome, man. Welcome. I just wanted to guess. It's fine. It's fine. You fan. All right. Cool. So before we get into some of the Knicks news and tidbits, too, because we're going to get into a little bit of Knicks news. We're going to talk a lot about the point guard situation or lack thereof. Before we get to that, let's just talk about some timeline stuff that's happened that's important to us. All right. Uh, Good news. Knicks basketball is back or almost back. Back, baby. All right. Yes, sir. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank God. Thank you, God. December 1st, camp opens up with individual workouts. Cat that four players and coaches at a time. We already see some clips of some Knicks players working out with Kenny Payne. Shout out to you, Obi. And Emmanuel quickly. So we know they're ready to get into it. All right. December 4th, full team practices are allowed. If all players are tested for COVID, you know, and they pass their test. So Knicks practices will be allowed. So the point guard battles and maybe the power forward battle will start. December 4th. <laughs> and December 11th, first preseason game, Knicks versus Detroit without Christian Wood because he left y'all. <laughs> yep. Woof. The New York Knicks versus the Detroit Power Forwards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is where you need that... Um, was it that that uh what is it? Oh my god, it was who who is it? Soldier Boy. That's really they stole my whole flow. That's literally what they did. They saw the Knicks were like, yo, we gotta we gotta do that. Exactly. The term yeah. the term you're looking for, Alex, is swagger jacking. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's gonna be tap type oh, of show, dude, man. Silliness jokes and Nick's talks. Mixed with, with the stats and facts. All right. And so after an eventful leak, 
of of news and Nick's talk. We've had Obi Toppin come in. We had Emmanuel quickly. We've had the Knicks trade up, trade back down, trade back down again, and trade back up. We've, we've had us get a plethora of picks to add to our arsenal. And we've also found ourselves adding people on our team like Alec Burke, Austin Rivers, Nerlens Noel, and a host of others who will or might not be here later on. If we if we're looking at all the past moves, we start to realize that we we might be still lacking a point guard, right? But my question to you guys is is the point guard we seek on this team? Or do you feel like we must look elsewhere? No. Well, my opinion is that I feel like I feel like the point guard position is up in the air. And this is why I say that. If you look at the signings they next bought in Austin Rivers, El- Alfred Payton, those guys, would you say those guys are the point guard of the future? No. Those are stopgap options, and Austin Rivers could possibly be a backup point guard, you know, in the future if the Knicks don't move him. But also, he's seen as a shooting guard as well. Like, he's only played 18% of his minutes as a point guard, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. He's a combo guard. So now you have to look at Frank and DSJ because those are the two young guys on the team who can actually play the point. Frank, we're still trying to figure out, I think we're still trying to figure out his position, whether he's a wing or if he's a actual point guard so with Frank it's like Frank has to show that he can actually run the point guard on a, on a consistent basis the same thing with Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. He was, he's been lacking confidence lately it seems like he's been in the gym it looked like he slimmed down a bit it looked like he fixed his jump shot working with um, Abdul Rauf and things of that nature and so it? it's like yeah huh do you believe it we have to wait. We have to wait and see. You, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, we still got to wait and see. But the thing is, is that I think it depends on how Frank and DSJ performs this season. If 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 either one of them can solidify the point guard, then you have your point guard of the future because both of those guys are still young. But if but if both players don't solidify that position, there's some point guards coming up in the next draft where if the Knicks end up with a top five pick, that's going to be a point guard of the future. So... I don't know. With me, it's up in the air. Like, I'm I'm not sure if there is a point guard on the, on the squad or if our future point guard is either in the draft or we're going to have to trade for that guy. Are we comfortable with Alfred Payton running the starting point guard right now, Alex? Yeah, I would. Of all the guys that we have, I'd feel more comfortable with him out of anyone else that we have unless DSJ and Frank just start to show out in practice and really give us that give Tibbs and everyone else that confidence that they can start and run the offense. But with Peyton, I get that Peyton is, uh, he's not everyone's favorite, you know, buddy ball with Randall, 30% of his passes that go between him last season. I know that's a turnoff, especially when it leads to uh, spin moves that go nowhere and just create turnovers. (laughs) So trust me, I'm there with you. Randall's blocked me. So I get it. I totally get it. Wait a minute. Side story. Breaking news. (laughs) <laughs> I have been blocked by Julius Randle. I do not know why. It is just mysterious. One day I had to go check and find out what 
I, I was just doing some sort of research on Randall and just like had to go to his Twitter feed because someone posted something too. And I was like, I can't see his page. I just see that I'm blocked. I'm like, why am I blocked? What did I do to you? What this is like totally <laughs> out of left field. I don't know what I did. I've never like added him or done anything to him to like get me blocked, but I'm blocked. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, it's a cold I, world I, out there. Man, yeah, I've managed to dodge him. I've only been blocked by Joe Button. Okay, proceed <laughs> on your upbeat take. <laughs> so yeah, as much as uh, <laughs> just that's a question. That up. That's the question we got to talk about. That's a, that's a, that's a story we got to talk about later. But I, for Alfred Payton, uh, yeah, I get that he's annoying, but I think he's the most complete thing that we have on this team for the interim. I mean, he still passes so well of all the point guards. He's a decent rebounder too. He knows how to push the pace. He can attack. Uh, the lane, he averages about 13 drives towards the basket, which, you know, we want for this team. And I think Thibodeau wants as well to collapse a defense and to just penetrate. You know, he's an OK finisher, nothing, nothing spectacular. But I think Peyton overall has what we need for the team right now. And he's probably going to be the de facto starter unless we see something from, once again, Frank or DSJ or, you know, Emmanuel quickly. Like he considers himself a point guard, so he may... He may be in that ring too for trying to get some point guard minutes. I see where you're going with there. My thing, my trepidation with resigning Alfred Payton, even though I understand that he probably is the best overall point guard on the Knicks, is that our number one, our number one obstacle right now is shooting from the point guard spot. And Alfred Payton is the worst shooter. In the NBA, on a team, for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure, for sure. Like, he's wait, wait, the worst wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. He's worse than Michael Kidd Gilchrist. <laughs> I mean, the form of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh man, we're getting spicy today. <laughs> <laughs> today, this is like the form of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Is something to behold. It kind of looks like a broken yeah. sign. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but Alfred Payton, as of today, if you look at his numbers on the cleaning the grass, two. That's the percentile he's in from three point shooters and his position. Two. Damn. Two percent. Yikes. Now, it, now, if you look at all of his shooting stats all together, if you look at cleaning glass, if you if you if you frequent this site, blue represents below average. You know, then when it gets to, to the little light shades of orange, it's kind of symbolates you know, kind of okay, closer towards the middle. When it gets bright orange, you're elite or really good. Anything that has to do with Anything that has to do with shooting and accuracy and Alfred Payton's little chart is all blue, left to right. <laughs> Wait, even in the paint? Even in the paint. 32 God percentile damn. at the rim. Ah, uh, damn. <laughs> he does nothing well. All right. Now, I think there's some stat that's like he, he shoots okay from 10 feet and in I, from like a certain time period. I think it was like January on or December on or something like that. I saw some random stuff like that. But were you taking consideration the entire season? He is blue everywhere. 
Now, on the defensive end, that's something completely different. Um, he is like in the 80 percentile and in the block percentage is guard. Pretty decent steals. He's a good defender in general, although he takes some, you know, some plays off. And he does play pretty good defense. The problem is to unlock players like Obi Toppin, like Mitchell Robinson, we need a guy here who can pass and throw lobs at a consistent basis from the point guard spot. But also, it helps if that point guard can shoot a little bit. Exactly. Because it would open up even more lob opportunities for those guys. So, for me, at this point, Alfred Payton is in his what? Seventh season as an NBA pro. At one point, I thought he was turning corners, a three-point shooter. But it went... Directly down the next season. I feel like it just is what it is right now. He's a poor three-point shooter. It's not going to get any better. There are glimpses of hope when it comes to Frank Lilikina. Um, I know Alex talked about this earlier or, or another show or a video with CP. Where he's like 99%, the 90 percentile in corner threes, right, Alex? That is correct. <laughs> he is a good three-point shooter. <laughs> from, the, from the corner, from the corner. From the corner. Only. Only from the, in that spot. <laughs> 52%, man. That's uh that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And we all know and we all know Thibs left his corner three, so exactly. So I almost feel like I want to just roll the dice on somebody else just on the pure fact of potential. Even if Elf Payton is playing, have him come off the bench, because I already know what he is. At some point, we're going to need shooting to open things up for everybody else. And it's not going to happen for Elfie Payton. And that's my best argument not to start him. Because <laughs> <laughs> we already know what's going to happen there. Everybody else, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like this season is going to be making break for Frank and DSJ. Like sooner or later, like both those guys have to show something. For the organization to believe in them that they can take the point guard mantle going forward. So I feel like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna wanna test those guys and find out like what they can bring to the table as point guards, you're gonna have to play them minutes and you can't have guys like Alfred Payton taking away their minutes like that. Absolutely. That's the biggest that's the biggest thing I had going into the season was they need to get the minutes. We don't really know what we have yet. They're both in a kind of a contract year, you know, or in, as, as far as a rookie contract year. So it's make or break this year for both of these guys. And if they're splitting minutes at point guard, shooting guard, and not really getting the run, we really don't know what they have, what we have in them. And we're going to have to make a big decision soon. And we're not going to have enough data to make this big decision. So we're up against the wall in many aspects. So I get, I get it. I get Alfred Payton being here and being a a steady force for this group. I know Tom Thibodeau is going to lean on him and I'm scared he's going to lean on him a little bit too much. (laughs) It's a little bit too much. I mean, which brings me to something else, right? Now, this is only a rumor. So take these rumors with a grain of salt. Okay, 
Jonathan Macri, whether he likes it or not, is an insider. Okay? I don't care what you say, <laughs> Jonathan Macri. You're an insider. It is what it is. Take it. All right? So, Jonathan Macri, our resident insider, he reports, I continue to hear a lot of point guards names that the Knicks are Knicks. I'm sorry. I'm continuing to hear a lot of point guard names the Knicks are kicking the tires on. The Westbrook talk seems to have stalled, but John Wall's name has come up, apparently with the support of Kenny Payne and Tom Thibodeau. Pause. That has to be bullshit, right? I'm sorry to curse. <laughs> I hope we're not getting John Wall unless we're getting a haul of like draft picks yeah. with John Wall. That's that contract is absurd. I'm pretty sure it's like 40 million yeah. annually, right? Yeah, no. Yes, it is. Yeah. Over 40 million. And yeah, exactly. I just don't foresee him coming here if we were already bullish on Russell Westbrook because of the money. And if Leon Rose heading this, I don't I don't see it. Especially considering the fact that John Wall has been injured. I know he's only yeah. 30, but that's a next thing to do. Exactly. Like, did, wait, hold up. Didn't John Wall like tear his Achilles at home or something like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how he tore it at home, but he tore it at home. That's exactly. that's the that's the big mystery. I want to know how that happened. Exactly. Do we need it? Forget about John Wall, the basketball player. John Wall, the influencer on the young kids. <laughs> Does that bother you? Any of you? <laughs> Oh, and, and, and another thing too I'm not sure if I trust John Wall in a big market Cause my guy already talking about You know him playing in DC How you know he's a partier and this and that And things like that so I'm like imagine John Wall In New York City it might be another J.R. Smith situation I'm saying mm. anything is possible Man <laughs> Anything I'm not, I'm not is possible <laughs> <laughs> Not with it not with Oh it. man <laughs> Moving on, because I don't even want to think about that being a possibility. I'm just pushing that out of my mind. It's fake news, all right? <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to process that. But moving on. So they seem to have the support of John Wall. Um, also, they seem to be kicking the tires on Terry Rozier, which probably would not be on our list anymore because... Uh, you know, some other things we could talk about later. Eric, Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. Now, we don't know if it's serious or not, but the Knicks are kicking the tires. Thoughts on this bit of news? Well, they're kicking the tires as in they're not really trying to explore any of those trades. Kicking the tires as in... They are exploring the trades, or they might trying to see what it takes to bring one of those guys here. All right. Well, and if that's the case, I think the two point guards that I would probably consider is either Eric Bledsoe or Lonzo Ball, just for the simple fact that with Eric Bledsoe, he's a pretty good shooter from from um from three. Okay, he's decent. Pretty good. He's decent. He's decent. Okay. Right. He's decent. A little he, bit he's below he's, league he, average. Better than Elba Payton. Yeah, he's, he's better. He, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's better than what we have here. That's exactly. what I'm saying. He's better, he's better than what we have he's here. He's the tallest small guy. Like Exactly. If, if you have a team of small people and they're all five feet tall and your center is five, six, 
that's Eric Bledsoe when it comes to threes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the fact that Eric Bledsoe can score, he can also penetrate, things of that nature. I'm like, you know, I, I might consider Eric Bledsoe. The same with Lonzo Ball, just that even though Lonzo Ball is not a strong finisher because I think, I think with Lonzo Ball is more the fact that he can't really shoot free throws well. So right. he's hesitant to finish at the rim. But he's gotten better as a three-point shooter. He's clearly he's he's probably the best three-point shooter out of the four mentioned. Yes. So he, he's so off pick and roll, he's definitely a threat. You can't leave him open, or he's gonna knock down the three, which means there's gonna be lob opportunities for Mitch, for Obi, etc. And then on top of that, he's all he's he's also he's also great with court vision as well. So he's the type of point guard where it's like he he can get guys in the right positions and feed them the ball where they'll you know where they'll be most successful. So yeah, I would consider Lonzo Ball. That'd be probably my top option if I'm if I'm really to ex- if I'm really going to explore those trades. Then Eric Bledsoe would be second. But overall, I'm like, I still wouldn't give up a lot for either player though. Like, at the end of the day, I'm more on the okay, let's develop what we have here. If we can get those guys for cheap, great. If we can't, just develop what we have here. The Knicks are looking like a lottery team as it is. There's great point guards coming out in the in the 2021 draft. Right. So that's what I'd be playing for. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm sticking to let me see what I got in Frank and DSJ. If both of them disappoint me, then I already know the Knicks are gonna be a lottery team. Hopefully we get that top five pick. Draft one of those great point guards coming up in the next year's draft. And then our franchise is gonna be good for the next 10 seasons. So I don't know. That's my mindset. I'm I'm with you there. In regards to Alonzo Ball, right? 11.8 points a game, 40% from the field, pretty horrible. But the 6.3 three-pointers a game at 37% from three, uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. 72nd percentile in three maids, 86th percentile and non-corner threes. So, I mean, not typical Tom Thibodeau, but, I mean, what that kind of tells me is... You know, a nice pick and roll threat from the three point line, at least. You know, if you're setting if you're setting screens to the three point line, maybe you'll be able to shoot a three from there, um, open up the floor for a rolling Mitch or a rolling Obi Toppin, so forth and so forth. Now, when it comes to lines of ball, still cannot hit a mid range shot to save his life. Still can uh, finish at the rim. Those things definitely have to be cleaned up. Um, below average in the NBA in that regards, which is why he still has a 40% field goal percentage at this point. Um, but if he starts to do that, that'll open up his game a little more. But the, the, just the fact that at this point in his career, you saw glimpses of him hitting a three-point shot, I feel like I'm with you, Ryan. I would have Lonzo Ball first on the list um, and Eric Blissell second. Um I don't know if you want to add anything, Alex, before I ramble on, because I can ramble for another twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would agree. I agree with uh, I agree with Ryan. I agree with you, Jay. I was like, Lonzo would definitely be the priority out of those two guys. He'd be number one. He's also so young that he's shown improvement from three point, right? And that he can just impact the game in that type of fashion. I like the transition aspect of him and being able to be a pass first point guard. He also grabs a lot of rebounds for a point guard, which is nice and intriguing as well. Mm-hmm. He's also tall. He's was he like six, five, six, six. So he can see over, yeah. he can see over people and make good reads from that, that aspect. But 
I think if we're going to look like, if we're going to ask me like who the realistic one you probably to trade for is, it's probably Eric Bledsoe because he's got two more years on his contract. Mm-hmm. Lonzo, it doesn't make sense to trade him with one year left on the contract unless like you're getting him for dirt cheap because then not only do we have to trade for him, but we have to think about signing him as well uh, with one yeah. year left on his deal. With Bledsoe, I'm pretty sure he's got two years left on his deal. Right. So at least with him, if you did trade for Bledsoe, you know where you got for two years. It could be a nice transition period. You know, maybe attract somebody in free agency if you want to get someone around in here. And Bledsoe is not so bad, like at the point guard position, considering what we have right now, especially if we're looking from a shooting aspect, right? You already said it. Albert Payne's two in the second percentile in three point <laughs> shooting. So it's, uh, you can't go any, I mean, I guess you could go down to one, but you can't go really any, that much further, can Literally you? anybody else is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only go up. <laughs> now, I agree with you there. It's a, uh, on the Eric Bledsoe front. Eric Bledsoe does have two years left on his contract, but here is the kicker: eighteen million dollars, right, mm-hmm. for the upcoming upcoming season. The following season is not guaranteed. Hmm. Aha. Hmm. Aha. All right. Only four million of that is guaranteed, or three point nine is of that is guaranteed. And if he's not waived, the next season would be nineteen million. Um, and listen to me: if we do get Eric Bledsoe, that's an opportunity to move somebody else off the team. Uh, do you mm. know what I'm thinking? Do you know what I'm thinking, Ryan? Do you know? Uh, I would say that you're thinking about. DSJ, but I'm not 100% sure. No. I'm thinking about Julius Randle. Oh, Julius <laughs> Randle. Oh. I thought, I thought you were referring to point guards. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, Julius Randle, yeah. Nah, because obviously if we do get Eric Bledsoe here, right, we would have to move a point guard. Yeah. It would suck because Alfred Payton has a no-trade clause. Although I can see him being interested in going back to the Pelicans. But why would the Pelicans trade a point guard to take back another point guard and still have the same problem having yeah, exactly. two point guards? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right? So, hey, I can see him improving that trade, though. But the other the other thing about that is we can't even trade Alfred Payton until February. So, if we do get back Eric Bledsoe... We'll be in a situation where we'll have too many point guards. We can't move ever Payton. And I'm guessing at that point, DSA is gone. Has to be, right? It'll have to be. It got to be somebody. Someone's got to get moved. I mean, we can't have all those point guards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the but the the strength of Eric Bledsoe is the defense is going to be there. He was in... Uh, all team first team defense the year before last. He was in the running this year as well. This coach had so much confidence in him. I was reading up on this stuff. So much confidence on him that he would just tell him to do his thing. He wouldn't give me instructions. He would just do your thing. Do your thing. Play <laughs> defense. And he's the type of guy who he 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 knows people's tendencies. He's been around the NBA long, so he's going to do the work. So that's something that I know Tom Thibodeau is just gonna love right off the bat. He'll probably set a defensive tone for for our team from top to bottom. So I love that about that. So yeah. Um. So 
I mean, I would, at first look, I was like, eh. But as I started to dig, I was like, I can I can see it. I could more see that Elvin Payton wasn't here. Elvin <laughs> Payton is here, and it is what it is. Does anybody have faith that Dennis Smith Jr. will return to NBA form? My faith is slim at the moment, but I'm willing to give him. An, I will. I'm willing to give him another shot because that first year in Dallas can't be a fluke. That first year in Dallas got to be in there somewhere. I don't know where it is at the moment, but it got to be. It got to be in there somewhere. And you. And if the Knicks development staff can bring it back out of him, I'd be happy. You know. But like I said, it's slim right now. It's slim. I, 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 anything to say about that, Alex? Yeah, I would. I have faith that he'll come back to some sort of level. I think we have to be fair that last year was just if everything can go wrong for a guy, everything went wrong for DSJ. Right. He had the back injury. Pretty sure he got a concussion too at some point during the season. His hip was starting to hurt him. He lost his stepmom. You know, everything was just from the get go, just done for him and like as ryan said like he played well in dallas that first year and even when we got him in the trade he was still putting up some good numbers he was still putting on performance you know i think it's it's definitely still in there he needs the confidence is thibodeau the guy who's going to give him the confidence thibodeau was or thibodeau i I don't know how you pronounce his name i'm so confused on at this point but (laughs) he did like dsj from what we saw right from Mm -hmm. those prior reports so I think you'll give him a chance, but I'm not buying the shot yet. We've gone through this so many times. Yeah. So he got he went he he was working on the shot in Dallas. He was working on the shot up here. So I really need to see it. It looks it looks better from the videos, but it's shooting is consistency and the entire motion, right? And we mm-hmm. need to see it in game action. It's guys during open gym can do a lot of things. Um Look, we've seen Sean Marion with a broken shot, and it, it's – I'm just saying. So, I need to see right. him live action. And, and sh- shout out to Terry um, and, and the Stricklands, too, as well. I, I recently just peeped the video of his talking about DHJ's jumper sh- jump shot. And he kind of did a deep dive on his jump shot. And, you know, he talked about how the flick of the wrist isn't there because he doesn't have the flick of the wrist that you need to have to, to shoot a consistent jumper. And he's changing his jump shot because he's making it more like the L because his, his arm is blocking his field of vision, kind of like what RJ was doing. So he's been working on it. It seems like it's gotten a little bit better. It seems like it's gotten a little bit smoother. From what I've seen and heard is the flick of the wrist is still not... Look at the flick of the wrist. It's still not quite there. <laughs> but we get... It, we get in there. It looks okay right now. Like Alex said, we have to see it in game action. Um, but you know what? Tom Thibodeau does like the speedy point guards who could break down a defense. If anybody can teach him, it could be him. We have Johnny Bryan here. I'm willing to give everybody a chance. Personally, I still feel like I'm not sure what kind of heart he has. But at this moment, it just seems like it's more trouble to move a point guard here than to play the people we have already. Solely because we signed Alfred Payton. 
Solely because we could. that just made it so much more difficult for me, man. Like we got Lonzo here or, or Eric Bledsoe here before, then it makes way more sense in my head. But now that everybody's here, here, and we can't move until February, everything in my head says this is a bad idea. Even if we was to get like Lonzo for like a few seconds, and I don't know who you want, like a second round pick, and I don't know your pick of what Knox or Frank or. I don't know. It has to be one of those two guys. If you're going to trade them, it has to be Frank or, or, or Knox. Preferably, exactly. I guess, like, although I do want to see what Knox can do, it'd probably be preferably Knox just because at least with, at least with Nilakina, you know what you're getting defensively out of him. And right. you've seen him improve from like corner three, as we already talked about. And he could help. He could potentially space the floor as a wing because he's just so long. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? If none of these point guards work out, we can still go the the Mario Chalmers route. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Bringing Mario Chalmers into this conversation. Oh, I'm just saying. Boy. Okay, 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 okay. What I mean to say, you'll get what I explain. You get what I explain. Well, he was here for the episode. We were talking about re- rebuilding, um, rebuilding next to the mind. He was. Through the, you meet, through the eyes of the Miami Heat blueprint, blah, blah, blah. Having a shooting point guard, not necessarily a playmaking point guard, but mm-hmm. a point guard who can make shots and share the playmaking duties with R.J. Barrett is what I'm saying. It's all. Awesome. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Alex, man, I mentioned Mario Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking like Mario Chalmers had the best time in Miami. He was just chilling, man. Between having D Wade, LeBron James, I don't think he really had to play make that much. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because you know, Emmanuel quickly, we, we mentioned earlier that Emmanuel quickly, um, he, he claims he's a point guard. Right? They didn't play mm-hmm. him as a point guard in yeah, Kentucky. Not, not, yeah, it didn't play, yeah. He says he's more of a point guard. From what I've seen, or some people seen, like he's not like a, you know, I see the play, three plays ahead point guard. He's a drive kick point guard. Yeah. Which to me is cool if you have another guy making plays next to him. So if, we're, if, if we have RJ making plays, I can see a situation where quickly is a point guard. He doesn't have to have all playmaking duties rested on his shoulders. And you know what? Should be good to go. You can roll with that. Maybe. Yeah. Or even Austin Rivers. No. All right. This is not on a docket, but I want to ask you guys this anyway. Whatever. OB Toppin, right? Is a guy who has the passing, it looks like. Doesn't really have the defense. It's only a rookie. But, you know, every scout has said he is poised to make an immediate impact for whatever team he lands on. He lands on New York Knicks. And he's primarily, in my eyes, a power forward. Julius Randle is still here. <laughs> we did a lot of great things this offseason. Well, okay things. Now I can say great. 
Yeah, did, okay things. Yeah, very okay things. Very okay. We didn't mess up. We got picks. Yeah. <laughs> we got a bunch of second round picks. We got Omari Spellman, who looks like a stud. He might not get any playing time. But, you know, big man can shoot threes, block shots. Like, we did a lot of okay things. Do you feel, at this point, we should start Julius Randle? Or Obi Toppin at the four? You give me Obi at the four, man. We are going to need some offense at the start. I'm just looking at this team. Like, if we think... uh, you know, I was just talking to a CP on my pod recently today. And if we have, if he, if we're thinking about the same starting lineup, which he proposed, which is Alfred, uh, RJ, um, Julius, Mitch, well, Mitch is, is, would now be the starter. Um, and you put in uh, Bullock, one shooter. That's, that's going to be rough, man. If we're, if yeah. we're going to have Peyton, who I think is probably going to be the de facto start, we need another shooter and Obi. Obi adds four spacing. Um, I think you. I think he has to. I think he has to be in the ro- in the starting rotation just to add some offense. Unless you're going to be throwing Alec Burks out there and having. I don't. I. I don't even know. Like you're going to have to have Alec Burks. That's the thing. If like you're going to start RJ, that's like the biggest question. Like who who's shooting? Like are you going to have Austin Rivers? And I don't think Austin Rivers is necessarily the point guard as you got as you've been saying jay ellis like he's and ryan like you he's more of a off ball handler he's not consistent enough shooting where i'd rely on him to pull up from three every single night like he has to get going and even facilitating he's not always there like as a facilitator looking for those three steps ahead which is why i think peyton is like the de facto starter so if we're gonna have peyton who you want as a steady reliable person who i think thibodeau wants like and he needs that veteran point guard to like run through to run his stuff. You're gonna have to add shooting somewhere else because you know you're not getting it from Peyton once again, second percentile. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'm thinking you got to add Obi to give that that four spacing yes, with dude. him, and then yeah. you can throw like Reggie Bullock or Alec Burks out there with RJ if we're really trying to focus around RJ and Mitch. Uh, you can do that. Those that 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 to me at least is like all right. At least we have two four spacers who I can rely on. Like I know we haven't seen Obi shoot from three, the NBA three yet, right. but mm-hmm. he's still a shooter. He can still score. He'll, he's going to create, um, he's going to get defense to look at him. Right. And then like for RJ, like you're just hoping he has that shot. So maybe he gets a little bit more consistent from three, but I can't, we yeah. can't even bake on that yet. Cause we saw we, based on what we saw last season. So I think we need at least two guys. And if you're going to ask me like, where's the other spot going to be? It's got to be the guy that we just drafted, in my opinion. Yeah. Dog, here's my thing, right? For me, a competent NBA team, no, a really good NBA team has four shooters in my mind. Yeah. Four. Four shooters. And then maybe one guy who can't shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Which is usually the big man, usually. Usually. We see how wrong that went in Houston when Russell Westbrook was the only non-shooter and it didn't work for them. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. They still keyed in. One, one non-shooter. So for me to be passable in this league, you have to have bare minimum three shooters in my yeah. mind. 
on the floor at all times. That's the the least, the bare minimum for me, which is why I was so against Russell Westbrook coming here. Um, with that being said, uh, I totally agree with Alex. I do feel like we do need shooters. I do kind of like the idea of howling Alec Burke somewhere in the starting lineup or, or, or Reggie Bullock or a shooter there. Um, to spread the floor, and that definitely helped, you know, to spell of Peyton. But the big thing, why I want Obi Toppin to start over Julius Randle, is not even just the shooting. It's the passing. The passing. Yeah. Passing. <laughs> the passing. The biggest problem with Julius Randle is... He does not want to give up the ball. He's probably one of the most talented people on the team who does not know how to use his talent. <laughs> Tunnel vision. Tunnel that's vision. A, that's a fact. My God. And at the same time, I don't think even at this stage of his career, he sees the game. Like he doesn't see the pass before the pass happens as a big man. Nah. And I've been keeping digging. I've been digging Obi Toppin. And the more I dig, the more I'm listening to different podcasts, reading different articles, the more I'm seeing that Obi Toppin's passing is the most underrated skill he has right now that can help Mm -hmm. the Knicks. Because a passing big man can make everybody else around him better. And it's if you can't post, if you can post. And can't pass as a big man. It's it almost. I mean, posting is good because it gives you open buckets. That makes you valuable. But posting and passing makes you valuable to the team's overall win percentage, overall confidence, overall playmaking, overall everything. It just makes everything move that much better. And what I've heard from some of these podcasts so far is that Obi Toppin sees the plays before it happens. He's used to having the ball in hands. The team is being – he's run Dayton's offense. And he reads double teams well, puts the ball in the hands of shooters quickly. And he's adapted to double teams. And he's taking the coach's direction very well. And I feel like he's going to bring it to this team and to the Knicks – and I feel like he's, it's going to open up. I feel like there might be a time, even if Julie Randle starts, the fact that Julie's, that Obi Toppin's passing might just overtake Julius Randle, man. Yeah. I'm not going to Um, I'm going to add my two cents. I'm going to come from a different angle, though. Okay. So, what pick is Obi Toppin? Like, what, what, what number was his draft pick? He's Dave Flick. Eighth pick, right? That means he's a, he's a lottery pick, right? Yes, sir. So you're telling me that we drafted this guy in the lottery for him to come off the bench? No, sir. Exactly. And now you look at the lineup. You need protection at the rim. Mitch provides that. So Mitch is going to start in this at center. Obi Toppin's a natural four. He's going to clash with Julius Randle. So you have to pick one of them anyway. And like we've stated before... What's one of the Knicks' main issues? Mm, everything. Yeah, shooting, right? Okay, shooting, right? Is Julius Randle a good three-point shooter? 
Uh, Hana? Is Obi Toppin, compared to what we see from him in college, Possibly. does Obi Toppin look like he's going to be a better three-point shooter that can space the floor more? Close. Yeah. Around yeah. 40% in college. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So from that logic alone, it's like, and then on top of that, you already know RJ's going to start. RJ's not, RJ hasn't proven that he's going to be a good shooter yet. He might be down the line, but as of right now, it still needs work. If you're going to really start Alfred Payton at that point, guard, you already know that's a dub right there. You, he, he can't shoot. So that's two guys right there with Mitch who cannot shoot. So it's like if you're going to make this even work, you need two shooters. Unless Mitch shoots. Unless it, unless Mitch shoots and Mitch showing that he can shoot the three, but it's, <laughs> but, oh, but, uh, but they've yet to they've yet to make him do that in the game though. So it's like you need two shooters at least. So it's like it has to be top, and then it got to be either one of Bullock or Burks if you're gonna really go with you know that kind of lineup. So to me, it's like common sense, common logic. It got to be topping, regardless. So starting lineup, Alex. What's your ideal starting lineup? Ideal. Ugh. I mean, the idea would be that, you know, one of the young guys is playing well. So DSJ, you know, maybe uh, you have you have RJ out there. You have, you know, you have Burks out there with Toppin and Mitch. That would be the ideal. But if you want to ask me what I think is really going to happen, I think it's going to be Peyton. I think it's going to be RJ. It's going to be Bullock. Um, it's going to, I think it's going to be Toppin as well and Mitch. That's who I, who I see starting. Okay. All right. What about you, Ryan? So, like, my ideal would be, it's similar to Alex, um, Mitch, Toppin. Then on the wings, I would have either, I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards um, Burke at Burks at the moment. So I would be top, it'd be Mitch, Toppin, Burks, RJ. Point guard is tough for me. I'm going to probably lean. I'm putting my faith in him. I'm leaning towards Frank. Oh, at point guard. I'm 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 gonna put my faith in him. <laughs> but 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 like but also like Alex said, like if I have to think about what Dips is gonna actually do, then he yeah, has gonna probably be paid in that point guard, RJ a shooting guard. Probably Bullock, you know, maybe have Burks come off the bench. Then I, I I hope he doesn't do it, but I, I I have a strange feeling. He might just put Julius Randle in there <laughs> to start. He 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 might just. I don't I don't know. I, I have a bad feeling about it. I mean, he might just with Mitch. I I don't know. I hope not though. I hope not. I'm gonna have my fun lineup. I'm gonna have my fun lineup. Ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Fun lineup one. Frank, quickly. Ooh. RJ. My God. Toffin. <laughs> Mitch. Tell me that's okay. not a fun line. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Yo, I'll be I'll be walked into TV. We'll probably be losing by about like 15 yeah. every night, like by the half, but I'll be tuned in watching that that lineup go. Tell me that's not that fun, man. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My semi-conservative fun lineup. Unorthodox. Quickly, Burks, RJ, Top and Mitch. Hmm. Okay, I like that yeah, one. Yeah, that could work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could work. Yeah. So it's like that all shooters, right? It's like all. Yeah, quickly you can shoot. Technically, we can see what he does in the NBA. 
Mm-hmm. You got Burke, you can shoot, but you can also play make, right? Because he's yeah. a playmaker. Then you have RJ, you can also, you know, post. And in my mind, it works. In my mind, it works. <laughs> in my mind, it works. On the court, I don't know if it's going to work, but in my mind, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. In other news, finishing it up, finishing it up, finishing up, finishing up. Um listen, man. Listen, listen, Ryan. Your man, your man's your man's got signed. MGK, Michael Gildress. He was reported that, you know, the Knicks were interested in Michael Gildress. In what, early November? Shout out to Mark mm-hmm. Berman. Got that one right. Yeah. Knicks signed him to an exhibit 10 contract. He will be fighting for a roster spot. How do you feel about that, Ryan? <laughs> I'll say this. If he if he um competes for that roster spot and he gets it, okay, I'll be like, all right, you earned it. All right, you know, I'll 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 lay off him a little bit. But my whole thing is, okay, we have the staff here from Kentucky, right? Right. Kenny Payne. And it's like, why are we bringing in all of Kentucky's waste? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, we like we like we have Julius Randle. Julius Randle's a good player, but he just does not match the Knicks. He doesn't match what we're trying to do here. We have Kevin Knox. It's Kevin Knox's fault. Huh? It's Kevin Knox's fault. Wow. It's Kevin. Oh, oh okay. You know why? Why? If Kevin Knox could play defense, I don't think he'd be here. Okay. Fair I point. think he's here because Tom Pibbio was going, who is playing defense <laughs> in this small forward power forward lineup? Who? 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 Look at that line. RJ? Yeah. Kevin Knox bad. Yeah. <laughs> Iceberg. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who? Who? That's why he's here. That's why he's here. Yeah. So it but, makes but sense. Like, if he's here, last man on the bench, spot minutes, try to lock up your birth, your, your best player, fine. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, Nick's Twitter and Instagram have been posting all these crazy stats about how everybody's been lighting up. Defensive specialist <laughs> Michael K. Giltress. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 but, but I'm, I'm I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to that though because we have Julius Randle here who and like I said Julius Randle's not a scrub but he just doesn't match what we're trying to do with the Knicks at the moment he doesn't right. match with the guys we have here right Kevin Knox who's yet to prove that he's a good play he he had that one good summer league and that was it since then since then since then we don't know where Kevin Knox is we don't know where Kevin Knox has gone. He's lost confidence. Kenny Penny's here to fix him. Hopefully. Then who else? Who else we got from Kentucky that's here? Quickly, which we're hoping that will be a will be an actual good Kentucky player. Probably the first good Kentucky player the Knicks even got. Ever. And now we're bringing in Michael Kid Girl, Chris, where my man's average in the 2015-2016 season, 12.7 points per game. And it was a, and it's been a steady and it's been a steady decline ever since. I mean, he's had injuries. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to throw bail 
I'm here to play uh-huh. devil's advocate. He's had injuries, you know. Yeah, he's had injuries. He's been traded. He's hard to get rhythm, you know. I also got yeah. this. We also forgot our other Kentucky guy, uh, Nerlens Noel. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Noel. He's not Kentucky okay. trash. Ryan. All right. What you got to say about that? Ryan. Yeah, he's reasonable. He's a backup, though. Come on. No. Yo, what's my bro button? No, <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, you can't do that, bro. You can't. You can't. You can't, my, my, you can't my, morph my, the people to fix your argument. No. My. My. my, my <laughs> The point I'm trying to make is that why are we or why always why are the Knicks always ended up with scrubs from Kentucky? Why do why are why are we never lucky to get the great players from Kentucky like Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, guys like that? No, we end up with the we end up with the leftovers from the damn Thanksgiving dinner. That's if what we, we that's let, what, if we were to trade a KP back in the day, we would have Devin Booker here. But no, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, but but still though, it's like that's my whole thing. I'm like. I don't mind the Kentucky movement, but bring the good Kentucky players here, not the trash. You know what I mean? All right. Let me get serious for a second. Waste. Here's my thing. Knicks have 16 people on the roster, right? Mm-hmm. We need to cut that number down to 15. At this point, I'm looking at a roster, and there's a few odd men out. I'm looking at Ignis. Mm-hmm. Like, he might be the man out only because this regime, like many new regimes, they tend to cut people who they don't have personal issues and personal ties with. They didn't draft him. They have no personal interest in him. And he's gone. Pretty much the same reason why Dotson is gone. Boo. Free Dot. Not like yeah, that, free though. Dot. Nice Free uh, Dot. Man. <laughs> Come on, son. Yeah. And Kenny Wooten, who, you know, all-team first defense in the G League, setting block records in the G League, actually has a decent jumper in the G League that I don't want us to talk about because he hasn't a chance to show it yet. They cut him mm-hmm. for Theo Penson. Yeah. The dancing structure <laughs> on the Nets. That's the worst. That is honestly oh, the worst. That is, if we're going to get, if, if we're going to have to talk about something that I just, is head scratching, Theo Pinson, who we then like waved Alonzo Trier for, and then now we just have him in the G League. I'm just like, why? Why did we even make this move? Just what, 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 what's the whole point if we're going to waive him and then re-sign him to a two-way contract? I thought this was supposed to be cap filler. <laughs> exactly. It's like, bro. Okay. And you know what? I don't want to turn this complaining section because I do like a lot of the moves Knicks made. Like For sure. We got like a boatload of second round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned Ed Davis in $5 million to cap space and like three second rounders plus Amari Spellman. So we've done some great things. But if I had to complain, I had to complain. Those are things that I feel like, whose man is this? Like, what happened there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't all be winners, right? So you're, yeah. you're, you're, you can't, you're not going to knock it out of the park all the time. But the Theo Pinson one is really the, the head scratcher of them all. Because we also have Miles Powell, too, like on an Exhibit oh, 10, yeah. who I thought we were going to use for that. I mean, you could always wave Theo Pinson, but... Is he really like? Is this like? Are you hedging, saying that you don't know what you're gonna get, Miles Powell? I don't know, but I would have rather had Kenny Wooten in the G League still on our team Facts. than yeah. uh, Theo Pinson. And then if we saw Miles Powell do better, like, all right, let's mm-hmm. move for Miles Powell. I'm not happy about the Theo Pinson move. We have a we have a glorified cheerleader, damn it, <laughs> in the exactly. G League. Well, he sees his foot and he's dancing. He's doing his yeah. <laughs> 
That's his foot. If you can't see me, you only listening on podcasts on Dash Radio. Shout out Dash Radio. And you're not watching it on YouTube. Are you dumb, man? Get on YouTube, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? It's, 19, it's, it's 2020. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm tired. I'm tired of those moves. I'm tired of those moves for sure. But, um, overall, did a pretty good job. Um, I'm okay. I'm not even sure if I'm okay with MKG coming here, man. Because that means we're going to have to cut Ignis to somebody. I'm don't not sure. That. Do not say that. Yeah. Please don't say that. But it's the... It's the tr- we I have know. 60 people on the roster. I know. Who's I really get cut. I think it's I hopefully it's like Thibodeau asking to make this more of a competitive environment and bring someone else in. But we need offense on this team. And I know Iggy doesn't necessarily play the best defense, but what he showed in the G League is that he has some offense. I don't know how that would translate into playing the NBA, but dude was getting buckets. He was averaging 20, man. He was averaging 20 in the G yeah. League. That's you don't do that without any talent. So let's see what he can do. That's that would be my my thought. But hopefully it's creating like a competitive training camp. Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, I just want to tell the people out there, in case you didn't know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist averaged 0.9 points per game, <laughs> and I think 12 games with Dallas Mavericks. My man averaged 0.9 more points than me. You're right. Stats more than me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it is what it is. I, 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 I already can't. I already can't wait to get to the bro picks. I, I already can't wait, yo. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like your transitions, Ryan. Let's let's get to it. You know what? Before we get to the bro picks, first and foremost, I'm warning. I'm warning both of you guys because we're about to do the bro picks. There will be no Nate Robinson slander on this program. I will fight <laughs> oh, you myself. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, oh man. Damn. All right. All right. You got it, man. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. I will come, t- Ryan. You only a few blocks. I walk to you. <laughs> Alex, you in Westchester? I'll take a cab, Uber, really expensive. Still. <laughs> oh man! All right. Now that that's out the way. Now it is time for one of the favorite parts of the show. It's the Oopix. I'm doing Oopix first. All right. Oopix are usually the best plays of the week. There's been no basketball this week. But um, there has been some special things happen. Now, I'm I'm not going to talk bad about my guy, Nate. But what I will do is highlight another myth and legend. Snoop Dogg, man. Snoop Dogg's commentary <laughs> during that boxing match is legendary, man. <laughs> legendary. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry, Nate. When homie hit the floor and Snoop Dogg said, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I died. Saw my body from the sky. It's crazy. Oh man! <laughs> and then he had some line when he was with with Mike Tyson, and my bears was scrapping, and he was like, "Oh, it's like my two, it's like my two uncles scrapping in the barbecue." <laughs> I was like, "Yo, Snoop." I love you, Snoop, man. Come on. Snoop, listen, man. I know you're out there in LA, but if you had some free time sometime during the season, come come do a show with the Knicks and Walt Frazier. I would I would love to see you commentate with Frazier. Yeah, that'd be dope. Let's do it. You know what? A Knicks Lakers game, come commentate. Word. For sure. That'd be dope. Knicks would be sure. Knicks could be getting washed that game. I'll still tune in for the coverage. Facts. <laughs> Just for the commentary. Word. I want to hear all the Snoop Dogg's Negroisms, yo. <laughs> uh, I just made that right up. I'm copywriting that right now. Don't, if I see that anywhere, I'm suing you. Right. <laughs> wait, wait. I do have an Oopik also, though. Oh, you got an Oopik? All right, let's go. Obi Toppin. I want to give him an Oopik because for Thanksgiving, he was handing out turkeys in Brooklyn. Oh, yes. So I want to big him up for that. Yes, Obi Toppin. Oh. Shout out to you, Obi. Obi top. I feel you, man. All right. Any picks for you, Alex? Gotta give a shout out to uh, Emmanuel quickly, just to keep it on the Knicks theme, for working out with Kenny Payne today, getting that workout in oh, yeah. with Obi Toppin. And uh, got to, you know, in the post, they talked about how uh, Toppin sent him a text, too. So going back to Ryan with the Toppin pick, he said, uh, we got to make, we got to change New York around, change the Knicks. So I want, I'll give him big ups for that. Oh. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Oh, Yo, that's one of the stories I heard about Topman is how much he wants to work hard to show by example how to get everybody else better. He's, I just hear that he's just a really hard worker and he has that infectious personality that's going to affect everybody around him. I have a good feeling about him, man. I haven't had a f- good feeling about a pick in a long, long time. I have a good feeling about him. I don't want to get too hyped, but I have a good feeling. Mm. All right. Cool. Moving on to the other favorite part of the show. Bruh. The bruh picks. Bruh picks are usually the stupidest plays of the week. But there has been no basketball this week. So, you know, it could be light bruhs. It could be anything. It could be something stupid the president said. Something (laughs) stupid your sister said. Anything stupid that happened in the world that you just want to get off your chest and, you know, just let it breathe. Just, just so you can laugh. Mm. Anything? Anything else? Remember from Fifth Well, yeah, I definitely got some bro picks. First and foremost, I want to shout out my boy, Nate Robinson. Knicks great. Bro. I loved when he was on the Knicks. Okay, Don't, I give him I give him mad props for going into the ring because not I'll be everybody. I'm, I'm taking a walk because, <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because not time every- you finish this, I'll get your crib, son. <laughs> because <laughs> not everybody can you know go into the ring and box. So I give Nate Robinson props for that. But at the end of the day, my guy got knocked out three times, and that last and that last knock I got put to sleep. So I got to give him a bruh, just off the strength of that. But Nate Robinson, you my boy. 
You're right. I'm you on the Knicks. Good job, my guy. Bruh. You know, a lot of heart. Good job. Had to clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I made myself clear. I thought I made myself clear. I'm gonna see you in 20 minutes. Good morning. <laughs> is already putting on his shoes. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thing? Any other thing? You, anything else you want to say? Mm-hmm. My, my, my second bro pick. Now, I'm going to give a background story to this. So, everybody, YouTube land who's watching this podcast, show, video, yeah, show, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, go to the Nick of Time Show Instagram and go to the post that JL has put up about the New York Knicks are signing Michael Kidd Gilchrist to a one-year contract, or source tells ESPN. Yo, why are you still flaming people in comments, bro? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Go to the comments. There's 51 comments. So if you see the number a bit higher, whatever the case may be, you know that you know that's the comment section that I'm referring to. Because there's two Michael Kidd Gilchrist posts. It's 50, is 49 your comments yours? Yeah, about. <laughs> so me and a guy on Instagram who I will not name. Thank you. We're arguing. <laughs> and this guy actually had the nerve to say that Michael Kidd Gilchrist has more upside than Frank Nilakina. Now, look. You don't have to like Frank Nilakina. I'm cool <laughs> with that. You know, people have different opinions. It's not, it's, not every, it's not every opinion I agree with with Jay Ellis, but we still cool. You know what I'm saying? But you see, I have a problem when people say comments out of pure hate. Because anybody with a logical mind who's in their right state of mind would not say such fuckery. All right? <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> whoa! 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 Because, like I've said... I point, I point out the stats in the comment section. I'm going to read what I said. And I told this guy, because this guy actually believes that... I don't know what planet this dude is from, but he but he believes that Michael Kidd Gilchrist has a more upside than Frank Nilakina. Now, this is now this is his points per game average from the 15-16 season. I got here in the comment section. I'm about to read it out right quick. Oh, that's why he has the stats ready for the whole episode. Yes. Okay, I see so I said, since the 15-16 season, when he averaged 12.7 points per game, which was his career high, he has been regressing. I put that in all caps. 16-17 season and 17-18 season, he averaged 9.2 points per game. 18-19 season, he averaged 6.7 points per game. Then in 19-20 season, combined with Charlotte and Dallas, he averaged 2.4 points per game. And that doesn't even mention the 0.9 points per game he averaged when he was with Dallas. How how can you say a guy like that has more upside than Frank, where Frank has actually shown flashes of having some type of offensive game? And on top of that, he has been a better defender than Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has been these past few seasons. How you say a guy like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has more upside than Frank? It's it's clearly it clearly that comment comes from a place of hate, and that's why I gotta call this guy a bozo for that comment because 
Get the flamethrower ready. Wow. Jeez. My bozo. I'm just you got your bozo though? Bozo? I, I I just I just can't stand hating comments. That's all, man. I just can't stand hating comments. Cause I'm like, yo, there's no way you can think with a logical mind that he's not logical. Michael... Huh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> And and, and, and and YouTube world out there, please tell me I'm tripping. Like, tell me if I'm tripping or not. Leave in the comments section your your thoughts about Michael Kidd Gilchrist versus Frank Nilakina, and I will read them, and I will answer you during the next podcast. Tell me if I'm tripping or not, Show. please. <laughs> I'm done. You need help, bro. Like, I know a therapist is going to help you with your anger. Like, he's really good. He's cheap. You know what? At this now, you know what? Trying to be the guy is really promoting, you know, black men, you know, getting free therapy. Because, you know, the, the stresses of the world weigh on us. And they yeah. come out sometimes erratic. Yes. You know, without warning. Yes. And But most, most of these people, they don't have podcasts. But we do. I mean, shows. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like so the rest of the world could be good. We're gonna get you some Charlemagne to God therapy. I got I know a guy. I got I'm passionate. <laughs> all right, man. Pa- pa- pass it here, man. I'm, I'm all, all for right. the therapy. Black man all in right. therapy. I'm all for that hashtag black man in therapy. I'm all, right. all for that. Facts. Yeah. All right, mental health, mental wealth. Yes. Facts. Right. <laughs> wow. Flame throw it again. That is our show. <laughs> Thanks for watching, man. Oh, man. I don't know. What other show is like this? I have no... I guess next fan TV. But that's our show. (laughs) Where can they find you, Alex, man? For everyone out there, you can find me on Twitter at Tradicaster101. You can find my work at Hoops Habit uh, through the fan-sided network. And you can find the podcast, Knicks, Jets, etc. on all platforms, whether it's iTunes, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever you want to call it, Spotify, uh, Overcast, we're there at all locations. All of them. Check it out. All right. You can also find us on soundcloud.com slash Thinker Time Show. Don't forget to go. You can also find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. We're all over the airways, man. Just, just, just Google us. The Nick and Tom Show. Also find us on Dash Radio. Shout out to Dash Radio. They first want to believe in us. <laughs> and, and you can also find our blog on thenickandtimeshow.com. You see some writings from our bloggers. And yeah, also follow us on all social media. On the Nick and Time Show on Instagram. The KOT Show on Twitter. Also find us on Facebook. All right. And you can find me if you want to. I don't know why you want to follow me. But if you choose to, you can find me on Instagram at JLS Draw Stinks. That's J-E-L-L-I-S Draw Stinks. No dollar sign S. Straight up my name. And I draw things. <laughs> Where can they find you, Ryan? You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That is S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. And if you look on the KOT post, sometimes you'll see you see me comments. So you know, if you want to add me, you can add me. Framing cool. these bozos. <laughs> <laughs>
As long as as long as your opinion doesn't come up doesn't come from a place of hate, I will go back and forth with you, you know, civilly, you know, you know, s- civilized, you know. But oh, when you comment, I don't think but, yeah, but civilized you, on the internet. <laughs> but when you but when you comment comes from a place of hate, like I don't care whether it's internet or whether it's in person, like we're gonna argue about it, and I might end up calling you a bozo. I'm you gonna work on you, Ryan. <laughs> God's working on you, bro. (laughs) That's my guy, yo. That's my guy. That is our show. We out of here. Longer than I thought it was going to be. All right, peace. Dreams.